Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Miss Nancy Tanton. Uh, if you guys don't know her, she is an amazing, amazing spiritual mother here at Reliance. Uh, and I'm excited for the word that you have for us this morning. Well, I am thrilled to be able to be here and to share uh, the things that I believe God is going to lay on my heart even as I speak. Uh, I always try to listen to him beforehand and I write out things and then when I'm ready to speak, he shows me that all of those things were just for me and he has things that he wants to share with you. So, um, one of the things as we were worshiping, we talked about uh, God being the lover of our soul. And as God is, He is so multifaceted that when we start looking at one area of God and we think that we know who God is, and then we see another and another and another and another. And one of the things that God has really been teaching me about lately is how much he loves my soul. When I accepted Jesus as my Savior, I was 25 years old. I was a mess, true mess. When I uh, decided, realized how sinful I was, I decided I needed to clean myself up before I would ever go to God and ask him to forgive me. And you know how that turned out. Uh, the more that I tried, the deeper I got. And then one day, sitting at my table with my best friend, we went over this little beginning with Christ and the truth of God's word just set me free. And I realized it would never be about what I did. Up from that table, I was not the same person. And I want to say to you that we always go back to look at exercise. We look at things that we see that we should be doing and we just be in me. And the only way that you're going to change who you go back to is by allowing God to change who you are. And uh, that day, God changed who I was. So my spirit was immediately changed. I was a new creature in Christ. There was no doubt about my living room. I remember, I mean, it was nighttime, but I went into my living room and I said to my husband, I'm going to heaven when I die. And I went and I called my friend and I said, I'm going to heaven when I'm gone. I found myself, I knew it, I knew it. But then later on, I found myself doing things that I didn't want to do still. And what God has shown me over the years is that for 25 years, I trained, I trained, others trained my mind what to think. I was trained how to react in conflict. Um, my emotions, my soul, the emotions, I was trained how to respond 
to those things. And God needed to change those things within me. But I learned that God is not a Band-Aid God. And he says, Who faith, through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. And so instead of, well, God actually put tons of Band-Aids all over me because I needed them so desperately. But he was faithful. And he would go in and he'd take one Band-Aid off and it looked ugly. It really looked ugly. But God allowed those symptoms in order to deal with the real issue. And so then when I would see the symptom and I would take it to God and it would be like, God, why am I still acting like this? And I want to say to you, God loves it when you ask him why. Not when you shake your fist at him and say, why God? But when you say, why God? Why am I acting like this? He loves it. He says in his word, if anybody lacks wisdom, let them ask of God who gives to them freely. And so I just say to you, if you find yourself going over and over and over and over in something, ask him why. He's just waiting to, for you to ask him so that he can show you how to truly be free. And so I want to share some things with you. And I am things that have been foundational in my life. And I am staticking, aren't I? And I move, so you might have to deal with the static. I don't know. <laughs> I can't promise that I won't move because I move. Um, some things that have been foundational in my life, and I want to tell just a little bit of a story. Uh, sometimes God sets you up uh, because he wants to teach you something. So yesterday morning I woke up and I really was concerned, deeply concerned for a dear friend of mine. And as I began to pray, God showed me, as he sometimes will, it was just a little pinhole, just a tiny pinhole, and he said, there's sin. And I wasn't sure if it was sin in their life or the generation before or the generation before if you remember with David, there was a famine in the land, and David went to God and said, why is this? And he said, because you're reaping what Saul did. And there are generations that has been a fierce have done. Sometimes we see that for generations, that has been a fearful family, and it just goes on and on and on. Or uh, addictions and things back with me, and put your finger on that pinhole. And he reminded me of the story, and some of you, I don't know if they're still teaching this or not, but there was a story about a little boy who saw a hole in the dam, and he went and he put his finger in the dam. There was nobody around, nothing he could do, but he knew that in order to save the people in the village, he had, that, that hole had to be plugged up. But once he put his finger in the hole, he couldn't move. It wasn't until the next morning when they found him that they were able then to restore the dam. And God was saying, you can put your finger there, and I want you to do that, but you can't leave your finger there forever. What needs to be done 
is to go back to the why and fix the why. Realized it was the whole dam that needed to be replaced. It wasn't, a pinhole was only a symptom that God was using to say, there's an issue here. I had glory. I, <clears throat> God, I, I want to see your glory. I, I want to see people healed. I want to see lame people walk world today. I want to see it right. I don't, I don't see your glory in the world today. I want to see it right in front of me. Why aren't we seeing your glory? He said what God was showing me and having me pray. He said, I could touch that person right now and heal them just like that. Even though people would God, I would rather, even though people wouldn't see my glory, I love them so much, I would rather, and oh yes, with the real issues, than to just come in, and oh yes, people would see how I really am. In your life, God could just like that take away the circumstances that you really want to be gone. But it wouldn't be true love. He wants you to say, God, I'm listening. Why? Why is this happening? And that I can't save or my ears so dull that I can't move. <clears throat> but your sins have hid my face from you, and your iniquities have shortened my hand. There's one thing about hearing, and it wasn't that God couldn't hear, but sin in our lives was keeping him from hearing. Ask God why. It removes the barrier because it's, I want to truly be free, and I want to know what is the real, tell me what the real issue is. I see the symptom. Now talk to me, God. Tell me what the real issue is. So <clears throat> just a, quickly a couple of things because I know that, on and that's my personality. <laughs> but I just want to share a few facts, poke them in and go on further than that. So some of the things that really set me free. 1 John 3, 8 says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. I was like, oh, okay. So when I see something that Satan's doing, I can know that Jesus came to destroy that. I need to partner with him at times, but I want to see the devil, the works of the devil destroyed in my life. Another thing that he said then going along with that, in our lives. So, if under the devil powerless in our lives. So, if I took this and it was a jug of milk and I dumped it over and it started pouring, I'm glad the cap was on, I didn't think about that. <laughs> uh, and it started pouring milk all over the floor, I could wipe up and wipe up and wipe up. But sooner or later, somebody come, needs to come and set that milk jug up so it stops pouring all over me. The same is true with sin in our lives. You need to realize he came on what Satan has done. 
But sooner or later, we need to realize he came also to render him powerless. He came to set that milk jug back up. And he's saying, yes, I came to destroy what he has done, but I want you to know that the only power that he has over you now is what you allow him to have. So set that milk jug up and realize Satan has no power over you except what you are willing to give him. You want to remain in that sin? Then don't ask God to set you free. Well, it's your choice. Which goes along with Deuteronomy 30, 19 and 20. That God is saying, I'm setting heaven and earth to witness against you today. That I'm setting before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Choose life so that you can live and your descendants after you. By loving the Lord. Uh, holding fast to him and obeying his voice. And so God will never make a choice for you. But he always gives you a choice. It says that he makes a makes is right at the door. But so often the way that he makes is right at the door. If you choose to go in that door. And then it's like you're going to be there. You're just going to be there. And I can tell you that once you're there, it's harder to get out than if you just didn't go through the door in the first place. You can still get out if you will go to him and say, God, I'm so sorry, and show me how to get out. But it's going to take more steps than if you just didn't go through that door in the first place. Um, so I... He gives you a choice, and it goes back to the descendants thing. You're not only choosing for you, you're choosing for your descendants after you. If you have inherited things from your forefathers, which you have, and our family has dealt with and dealt with and dealt with as a first-generational Christian, but God says in Psalms 129, verse 4, that he cuts into the cords that the wicked would seek to use to enslave us. So God says if you're walking in those things generationally, God says if you'll just ask me, I'll cut that cord. Ask me how to partner with you so that cord can be broken and you choose life for you and your descendants. And one more little tidbit. I would say, it's okay that I'm living this way, but not my kids. They're never going to go through this. And God said, do you know what you're doing to your children? You're setting them one generation away from freedom. Because they will grow up and they will say, it's okay that I'm walking in this bondage, but my kids won't. And their kids will say the same thing. You want them free? You better get free yourself. And so I want to leave that with you as a mom, grandma, Someplace in between, listen to me, make that choice to be free. And I'll tell you one last thing here on how to be free. We sang, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Do you believe that? I mean, do you really believe that? Or are you walking in something that you're still living in regret you're still not accepting the fact that it's been washed away and it's white as snow. Because if you're living that way, you are disobeying God and you are saying that the blood of Jesus is not enough. 
that your sin is over and more powerful than the blood of Jesus. God says in James that he wants us to weep and to mourn over our sins. He wants to, us to take it lightly, to know that we're serious, that we're really sorry. He doesn't want us to take it lightly. So many times in our world today, we're giving people uh, permission to sin because God's a God of grace. He is a God of grace, but he's true to his word, and he says, you'll reap what you sow. So he wants to know that we're sorry. And then he says, if you'll confess your sins, I'm faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So many times we don't accept the fact that he's cleansed us from all unrighteousness. And in 2 Corinthians, it says that uh, when we are made sorrowful to the point of repentance, that his desire for us is to let go of the regret and walk into salvation. Let go of the regret. He says, the sorrow of the world leads to death. Satan wants you to regret. He wants you to live in condemnation. He wants you to ask for forgiveness and ask for forgiveness and ask for forgiveness. He just doesn't want you to accept it. He wants you to wake up every morning sorry for what you've done, thinking that you're honoring God by being so sorrowful. But it leads to death. And so God's saying, I'm setting life and death before you. Choose life. Choose to let it go. Let it go. God forgave it. If you are living in regret, you are keeping yourself from walking in the love of God, and you're not giving God any glory for what he's done. So that's my word to you today. Um, and I think that that's my word for you today. <laughs> so I do want to say that uh, I'd love for the uh, prayer team to come uh, after we uh, sing our song. And if there's something in your life that God is speaking to you about and you just want some agreement in prayer can move in your life, uh, putting that to where uh, God can move in your life, I'm just inviting you to do that. I will be, you know something? Today, I'm choosing life. No more death. No more regret. I'm choosing life. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.